where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And boy, James, we've got, we're coming towards the end of the season. The penultimate episode here, a house is not a home. That is true. It's, they're similar, I'll give you that, but they're not equal. And this episode came out on the 30th of April, 1987. And it was written by Fief Sutton. Yeah, good old Fief. Yeah. And uh, of course, directed by James Burroughs. It's a seasonal episode, kind of, which we'll get into. I suppose there's, there's a couple of things which I want to head up. There's some big topics in this episode, James. Namely, yeah. uh, what is art? What constitutes art? That was my big takeaway. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you loved what prompted that discussion. That was a nice surprise. But what are the big questions you think raised from this? Well, what is a home? I mean, mm. the, the title of the episode itself prompts that question. And as we come towards the end of the season, this is a very Diane Sam-centred episode. Oh, extremely Sam and Diane-centred. Should we kick off with the cold open, James? Yeah, I think we should. Where better to start? Carla is complaining to Woody because Carla likes to complain and Woody likes <laughs> to listen. Something the matter, Carl? Yeah, something's the matter. My life is the pit. Seems like good things happen to everybody except me, you know? Norm has a new job. Frazier actually seems happy since he met his creepy girlfriend. And Sam has given up women and decided to marry Diane. <laughs> what have I got? Zip. Woody, I mean, how do you keep such a sunny disposition in this rotten, stink-infested world? Good stuff seems to happen to everyone but her. And you know what? I think she's got a point. This season has been <laughs> fairly light on Carla's stuff. I think there's only been uh, Never Love a Goalie Part 1 and Part 2, which is yeah. the only episodes where I can really think... That Halloween one, where she moved into her yeah. new place. Yeah, That feels like a long... That was like maybe uh, episode early. three of this season? I don't know. It was episode five. Is that, I'll tell you that. Episode five of the season, 20 episodes ago. That's about five months in our scheduling. It's a long time. I kind of, kind of agree. They've kind of forgot a little bit about a character towards uh, the end of the season, maybe. It reminds me of um, the song by Dr. Hook. Are you familiar with Dr. Hook? Dennis Lecourier, no, I think I, is how I must, I'll, I'll be honest, James. When you said Dr. Hook, I thought of Dr. Teeth from the Muppets, so... <laughs> <laughs> Should we crack on with the main part of this episode, James? Because it starts with uh, Woody writing up a little cheers newsletter. Cheers newsletters. We love a good newsletter, John. We've got one of our own over on Patreon. I'll get that plug in quickly. Yeah, we have our monthly one. And uh, so does <laughs> so does the actual bar cheers. Yeah. Uh, but unlike our one, you know, because we've always got stuff going on with us. So if you'd want to check that out, go on Patreon. Early plug this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in, in their one, Woody can't seem to find news to, to put in their newsletter. Mm. And uh, Norm's got nothing for him. I'm working on this month's issue of the Cheers newsletter. And I wondered... What's new with you? Nothing really, Wood. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Check last month what was up to then. Let's see, Norm Peterson. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not new then, eh? It reminds me almost of that journalist, sleazy journalist you see in you know, 50s films. They've got a note sticking in their hat and they're like... Hey, I want to hear a scoop. If we, I would say that Norm's like taking blood from a rock because Norm's like, <laughs> what What happened last time? And he yeah. said, nothing much. And then he says, yeah, the same again. Norm doesn't have much going on, to be honest. And when he does, he doesn't tend to make a big deal out of it. He just got a new job, didn't he, in the last episode? Yeah, and he didn't seem to make a big deal out of it. 
he, he was late. <laughs> and then uh, Diane burst into the bar with, with some news. Ooh, big bucket of news Diane's arrived with. Uh, she's found a house for them. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and uh, I think she's already put a down payment on it. Classic Diane. Um, and this is a review of this episode from IMDb Gyms. So this okay, is yeah. Another person's review. Diane's idocracy knows no bounds. She put a <laughs> down payment on a house without consulting Sam. <laughs> and I'll, I'll drip feed the rest of that quote as we go, because uh, I think it summed up the, the episode quite nicely. Uh, Sam's uh, taken a little bit aback by this because they had previously agreed that they would stay at his apartment for the first year of their marriage. To save up, I assume. I feel their relationship is very much, Diane wants this, Sam goes, no, Diane does it anyway. I don't know how how they afford this lifestyle, James. (laughs) Wasn't the bar in trouble last season or something? Yeah. (laughs) Anyhow, it seems seems very nice. It seems to be quite a large house. Uh, She says it has a lovely patio. But when they talk about the house, Cliff realises they're trying to buy. He chips in. He tries to... Flog his own house. Yeah, because Cliff wants to move out, doesn't he? He starts describing the house, uh, and he like there's like a long, lovely description. And then they go, "Didn't your mum say she would never leave the house?" And he went, "Yeah, do you think you're going to live with her?" <laughs> and, he, and, and to quote him, he says, "She's clean and she doesn't eat much." Uh, they, they kindly refuse his offer. After that sort of conversation within Cheers, we we do see the house, and I got to say, James, it's quite nice. It's a lovely house, isn't it? Yeah. A very big open plan. We watched uh, Little Shop of Horrors recently. The Steve Martin Rick Moranis yeah. version. Yeah. And uh, in, in that, they, they sort of uh, live on a skid row, a very rough side of town. And yeah. there's kind of this idyllic uh, song about wanting to essentially have the perfect house and the perfect lifestyle. Uh, and there's this sort of great sequence where they're singing and it sort of veers into slightly Disney with animated birds coming in, <laughs> in through the window. But also um, it's like a home housewife catalogue where it's like polished green floors and um, they sing about sort of the mundane stuff. And there's this mm. scene where there's got a really shiny toaster and she sort of does like a flourish around the toaster. <laughs> it kind of reminded me a little bit of that where they're trying to build this sort of perfect kind of a 1950s kind of 60s. Uh, Americana like, type thing. Yeah, This is something which I realized fairly recently. I mean, we've been watching Cheers for a long time. Cheers isn't very 80s. Well, because in terms of the 80s garishness that you see from things like Stranger Things and... Yeah, I think it's because it's it's sort of uh, all of the characters... Are in their mid to late 30s yeah. already. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like it's kind of got one foot in the past and one foot in that kind of idyllic Americana kind of vibe. And I suppose especially how the show was set up. Yeah. Well, the youngest one, uh, being Woody, mm. he was a teenager in the in the 70s, so... In comparison to the things that we know from the 80s as heights of pop culture, Back to the Future, John Hughes films, that's mostly about the teenagers. Yeah, but I think that's quite a cool thing because like, even like yeah. when we hear music and cheers, it's always yeah. leaning backwards, do you know what I mean? But anyway, so yeah, this, this, the house that they're building, a house is, is not a home. It feels like they want to populate this big empty space and make it that kind of Americana classic mm. 1950s ideal life. Dick Van Dyke. Sam thing. talks about wanting yeah. a workshop and stuff like that. Mm. But there's one catch to this house, isn't there, James? Yeah, people live there. <laughs> it's quite a big... Essentially, people have already lived this life in there. It's always difficult to move house, but it's incredibly difficult if you've been living in it for decades and the, you're of the age of this couple 
who Sam and Diane wish to replace. You know, because you, you built a life there. Yeah. When Sam and Diane move in, they hear the other couple and the, they find out that the other couple is still there just sort of saying goodbye to the house. That's where their paths kind of cross. Mm. And that's when Diane hears about some of the history of the house and the family memories that have been in there. So many memories. Like when Mikey climbed up the bookshelves and hit his head on the mantel. You remember? Oh, we were all so worried. And that's where little Janie rehearsed her dance for the school play. Um, you know, I studied ballet as a child, so I became quite experienced. Junior took his first steps on this very spot right here, and that's where we always put our Christmas tree. Every year. Forty Christmases. Thirty-nine. Hmm? Well, we didn't quite make it to Christmas this year. Oh, sure. You know, I think we'll miss the Christmases most of all. I know, Bert. <laughs> the children and the grandchildren. Ah, never mind. There, there, now. Out with the old. And in with the new. <laughs> At this point, although Diane put the down payment on the house, although Diane, you know, paid for the house against Sam's wishes, once she realizes that someone else lived there before and spread their life there and their memories there, she was like, I can never live in this house, Sam. Which uh, brings me on to the next part of the, the quote from uh, the review. <laughs> uh, then when they go there, an old couple that they sold it to wants one more look. Diane decides she could never live in a house with other people's memories around. And then it says a series of dramatic but stupid events take place. <laughs> <laughs> the old couple themselves, uh, initially, I thought they were going to be like the parents from Everybody Loves Raymond, who who I thought were going to be like quite pestering, but also I thought sort of Aldemar and was going to be quite cranky. And the, <laughs> the, But they're totally different. They're such a like lovely, wholesome. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not like the um, Costanzas in Seinfeld. <laughs> Just nagging all the time. No, they're, they're quite sweet, this couple. And um, they talk about how they'd have big family Christmases there and all the holidays um, and sort of talk about memories of when one of their kids fell off the side and hit their mm. head on on the fireplace, I think it is. Yeah. And all of this kind of gets in Diane's head and she realises uh, she doesn't feel comfortable living in a house that uh, has so much history. It's It's a quandary. But those memories would still have been there. It's just that she didn't know about them until she met the couple. I think it's the thing of like, mm. the couple have sold the house. Yeah, they wanted to move out, yeah. They wanted to move, they needed to move. And, you know, you weren't buying a new build. Yeah. There's going to be some memories. <laughs> and as you said, it was clearly built decades ago. So mm. someone's clearly been living there for a while. Yeah. But I think Sam's got... Uh, a more pragmatic approach and perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's brought uh, some art with him, which... Oh, lovely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, i got to admit, probably one of my favourite paintings that have shown up in Cheers. You know, he says, <laughs> wow to the portrait of Diane. Oh, no, the Semenko. No. Yeah, this is better than that. <laughs> this is uh, some dogs playing poker. A classic painting because of the subtle humour. <laughs> he's sort of put his own stories to all of them. And he's like, that dog's cheating. <laughs> and Diane sort of has a, a slight disdain for this painting. Slight. A slight disdain. She wants actually, to burn the painting. Um, and then all of the gang come in to sort of have a bit of a housewarming. Diane has a, a mild sort of, wow, what would you call it? It's not a panic attack. It's it's. Uh, she doesn't want to live there now. So mm. she doesn't want a housewarming and she kicks she's, them all out. She stresses out a bit, doesn't she? Um, Get out my house. 
<laughs> a bit like that. Uh, Norm says something which I think is quite fitting. Uh, he says, you know, Sammy, a couple of years ago, this might have taken me by surprise, but now I kind of just roll with it. You're saying what we were all thinking. It's been a long five seasons for Norm. I, I think that was just George. And then we go back to the bar where uh, they're sort of mulling over this problem. Mm-hmm. that Diane doesn't want to live in the house that they've just bought. And Frasier has an idea that, you know, why not give that old couple that Christmas, that family Christmas that they weren't going to have to sort of alleviate this guilt that Diane has, that she's taken that away from them, which is a, a, a fair in, enough idea. In theory, a good idea. <laughs> Cue to the next scene. It's like <laughs> mid, mid-July, May or something, May, May or July. Well, this Yeah, the episode was released in late April. So when they skipped forward to the party, it was obviously coming into summer. And uh, Sam's dressed up as Santa Claus and there's like a family of uh, strangers. Speaking of the family of strangers, should we go through the cast? Definitely. We've got many of them. Many, many, quite a big cast list. Billy Bird as Lillian Miller, who is the matriarch of this family, I suppose. She also appeared in The Waltons, It Takes Two, New Hearts, Sixteen Candles, uh, Happy Days, Police Academy 4. Who is the boss? Hunter. Ernest saves Christmas. Police Academy 6. Home Alone. Murphy Brown. Dear John. The Wonder Years. And many more. Douglas Seal as Bert Miller. He also appeared in Amadeus. The Lucianez Show. Ernest saves Christmas. Hunter. Family Ties. Ghostbusters 2. The Golden Girls. Aladdin. And many more. Stephanie Wolski as Naomi. This was her film TV debut. She also appeared in Pee Wee's Playhouse, Raising Miranda, I Know My First Name is Stephen, and Far From Home. Mark Smolin as David. This was his film TV debut also. He also appeared in Frank's Place, Webster, Matlock, and Sisters. Stephanie Mason as Annie. She also appeared in LA Law and Bugsy. Lou Bonacci as Man. This was his film TV debut, and he has also appeared in Mr. Belvedere, Roseanne, Maniac Cop, One and Two, Night Court, Doogie Howser, MD, Married with Children, The Sopranos, Law and Order, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, How I Met Your Mother, Mad Men, and many others. Penny Crompier as Mum. This was her final film and TV role. She also appeared in Puff and Stuff, The Taking of Pelham, One, Two, Three, Laverne and Shirley, Panic in Echo Park, and Infinite Strangers. And Al Rosen is uncredited as as Al. Yeah. He was at the Christmas party as well in the background. Yeah, it's <laughs> interesting. Uh, I said there are two people who appeared in Ernest Loves Christmas. Now they play the elderly couple in this episode, but in Ernest Saves Christmas, the, this couple, the Millers, who played the Millers in this episode, uh, Douglas Seal played Santa in Ernest Saves Christmas, and Billy Bird played his love interest in said film. So that's a fun parallel. I think they they had quite good chemistry in this episode. I suppose uh, we said that this uh, party, in theory, was a good idea. How does it come out in practice? Oh, Sam is going as red as Rudolph's nose. That's that's the way to put it. He's uh, he's not only hot because he's dressed as Santa Claus in, in the summer, but he's also getting a bit frustrated because this party seems to be going on longer and longer. Yeah. And there's sort of this weird facade around it that Diane is trying to... She's trying to make it the best Christmas possible. We're going to make it the best Christmas ever. Yeah. But it becomes more and more sort of uh, ridiculous. We don't want to spoil their illusions. Don't you think the fact that Santa's here in mid-May sweating bullets is making him a little suspicious? <laughs> Uh, yes, Sandra, what a great idea. Why don't you lead us all in some Christmas carols? Uh, 
Maybe somebody else ought to do that. Uh, Santa's got a little summer cold going here. Oh, well, uh, David is the musician of the family. Oh. Let it snow in E flat. And I think the kids in it, because it's a large family, we got that from the, the cast list. There's like, there's quite a lot of grandkids, um, there's quite a lot of their kids, and then there's sort of the, the elderly couple. And the grandkids don't really understand the scenario that the parents have sold the house or the grandparents sold the house. Yeah. So they, they're kind of putting a little bit of blame on Sam and Diane. Yeah. And it kind of weights the guilt a bit more. I hate you, Santa. Essentially, <laughs> they gather sort of the grandkids round and say, "You know, this is a very special Christmas. We want you to always remember it." And one of them just goes, "I can't remember last Easter." <laughs> and then Diane promises that they'll celebrate Easter there every year. Diane speaks checks that she can't cash. I forget what the phrase is. Diane Diane says stupid things. Essentially, yeah, it just yeah, it escalates the problem even further. Um, to the point where Sam sort of snaps. Listen, why don't you come over next week and we'll have a big Easter egg hunt right here. And we'll make it an annual occasion. No, 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 no. I'm not putting on a bunny suit for anybody. Well, listen, we've done everything, more than everything anybody could possibly expect. We gotta draw the line somewhere here. I mean, we can't arrange our lives just for you people. I mean, this is our house now. You, you can't have it anymore. Please, I mean, we, we need a chance to start our own lives here. I mean, for God's sake, we haven't even had a chance to be intimate in our own home yet. What does Santa mean, Mommy? <laughs> Lillian has a great comeback to this. Santa is right. He may have been a little rude about it. <laughs> but it is true, we have been imposing. So let's all go over to Grandma and Grandpa's new condo and have Christmas there. I think it's a very strange episode. It's an unusual one. It's one which could be full of sentiment and has slapstick instead. I don't think the balance between the two is quite there yeah i think especially with the ending that we get as well mm -hmm. there's uh sam still dressed as santa claus all the family have gone and then mm -hmm. he uh switches a little bit into sleazy santa hey <laughs> better get stockings as in you know the the festive gift and the underwear <laughs> it's it's a it's a relevant wordplay yeah 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 okay i'll give you it james i'll give you it <laughs> So off they go into the kitchen, you know, they're the making out a bit, and then we see Diane walk out of the kitchen with the framed painting of the dog playing <laughs> poker, putting it in the other room and returning to the kitchen. But yeah, so that that's kind of how we end the, the episode. And like you said, it could have been an episode with a bit more sentiment. But yeah, I think overall it was a fun episode. Yeah. Penultimate episode of the season, which means we're getting close to the end, James. They've got this house, and the season started with the proposal guess we can assume what the next episode is is going to be but more about that next week well there's the trivia about james what an episode oh it's a uh, good one i suppose I, I can kick off with a quick question if you like when the uh, elderly couple are re reminiscing about some of the memories 
of their children. They point out that they've got some of the, the children's name on the mm. on the doorpost. How how tall was Mikey at one years old? And how, how tall was Bert Jr. at two years old? I don't know how tall children are. Uh, it sounded like a lot to me, to be honest. It's a couple of feet. 30 inches. Which is a foot. One. And then uh, Bert Jr. was 36 at two. From Sam's apartment, he has a view of an educational establishment. But which establishment is it? Exotic dancing, James. The Exotic Dancing Academy. Diane gave that as a reason why they should move. But I'm surprised we hadn't heard about this before because... I uh, thought Sam would be, you know, telling everyone about it. It's quite a creepy thing to... I mean, I hope he didn't get the apartment specifically for that reason. When Diane first tells Sam about the house, she lists quite a few things that the house have. Can you name some of those things, Jim? List of things that the house had. Patio bay windows? Yeah, bay, window. bay windows. Uh, there was something in the kitchen. Marble? Marble in the kitchen? There was something in the kitchen. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's got three bedrooms, James. Cushy. Two and a half baths. Don't know how you have half a bath. That's a bit useless, too. I call it a sink, but never mind. <laughs> That's a bit useless. If you got half a bath, then the water's just going everywhere. What's the point in that? I assume she means like two and a half bathrooms, formal dining room, a huge fireplace in the living room, hardwood floors, bay windows, and crown mouldings. I don't know what that last one is. Not wanting to live in the Miller house, Diane tries to sell it again to, to a further couple. The people who want to buy it, she turns down. But why? Is it because they're going to sort of renovate it or tear it down and start again kind of thing? Uh, they didn't want to embrace the house. Their only desire was to live there. Yeah, Diane does go <laughs> a bit a bit mental in this, doesn't she? <laughs> I, I forgot about that scene. We didn't even talk about that. They line up a salad and she sort of refuses them. That's the last call at the bar, James. I don't, I don't know what we should be drinking for this episode. I think confusingly seasonal drink. A mistletoe martini, James. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Check it out on our newsletter. Oh yeah, we've got our newsletter as well. We'll feature all of uh, all of the updates. We've done a better job than than Woody. We have. That's a guarantee with some yeah. certainty. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you, if you fancy making your own mistletoe martini out of season, then you know check out our newsletter over at Patreon. I think we can uh, certainly raise a glass to uh, the new house. Yeah. Which which will become a home. Question about what makes a home? I don't have the answer. It's, it's you know it's. It's up to the individual, I guess. I got an answer for you, James. I think it's once you put your first picture up, picture of some dogs playing poker. <laughs> that, that's what constitutes a home, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and with that in mind, should we raise our mistletoe martinis and uh, yeah. put, a, put a toast out to those uh, gambling canines? Yes, exactly. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast. Cheers.